Here in Ireland, everybody remembers Daniel Tomofte, and it's in my DNA, it's in his DNA. And I don't mind people talking about it, to be honest, it's a good memory. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Oh, here on OTB Sports, which is brought to you by AIB. We've got a huge weekend in store. Five finals taking place across four provinces with finals in both hurling and football. We're going to be talking to the Downs' Niall Mitchell in a few minutes' time. Dunica Boyle is going to join us uh, to look forward to the weekend's hurling and to review the matches from last weekend. And we've got the football pods, Tommy Rooney, with us as well. Tommy, how are you getting on? Morning, Will. How are things? Good. I'm looking forward to your power rankings, which we're going to do in a little bit as we get yeah. down to a stage now where I think a lot of the clubs who are left will have looked at the All-Ireland ladder and what's going to be a fairly clear picture after the first few provincial football finals this weekend. Yes. I always used to give Owen Sheehan a good bit of grief for his power rankings. They aren't easy, Will. They're not easy. Uh, and Keen Johnson put a, put a version together for us. I have... I have a couple of disagreements, a couple of points of contention with that. So, look, there's a couple of favourites, um, obviously, because of, of who's left in the All-Ireland, but I think anyone left at this stage has a chance. Mm, keep them on ice for a moment. Let's have a look at the results from last weekend. It was a pretty crucial weekend as we uh, come within a couple of months now of the All-Ireland Finals, starting with the Leinster uh, Senior Football Championship or Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals even from last weekend. Uh, Chemical Croaks against St Mullins. Oshin O'Rourke scoring 11 points as the Dublin champions beat St Mullins of Carlow by 124 to 1 goal and 12. Ballyhill Shamrocks were definitely tested by Nace, could have conceded three or four goals early on, but the returning TJ Reid with one goal and six points as the defending champions came through there by three goals and 22 points to one goal and 16. Uh, we also know that St Thomas are now five in a row, Galway Senior Hurling Championship uh, winners. They eventually came through after a replay against Loch Ray. Mark Caulfield got the all-important goal in the game and St Thomas is now five on the bounce in Galway. Meanwhile, in the Munster Club Senior Football Championship semi-final from the weekend just gone by. Uh, we had two pretty dramatic games and a little bit of a surprise here. Uh, Newcastle West coming through after extra time, the Limerick champions against Clonmel Commercials of Tipperary. Owen Hurley crucially scoring six points for Newcastle West as they won by 116 to one goal and 11. And Cairns O'Reilly's of Kerry can look forward to their first Munster decider since 2009. Uh, just about holding on in the end against Aerog of Ennis by one goal and nine points to one goal and eight. We also had the Ulster Club Senior Football Championship semi-finals at the weekend. Uh, Kilku up against Ennis Gillen, and it was Kilku, the defending All-Ireland and Ulster champions, coming through. Sheelan Johnson scoring two of their goals. Most of their good work done in the first half uh, when they played with the wind. 3-14 to one goal and nine. And then we had a closer one on the second day, but again, Glenn the favourites, the Derry champions, coming through against Cargan of Antrim by one goal and ten points to eight points. And it was Danny Tallon with one goal and four points for Glenn there. So, Tommy, in many ways, that sets up probably the dream Ulster final that we were talking about with Carol Kane last week the idea of Glenn going up against Kilku and that is a heavyweight tie and two teams who I think have got realistic aspirations of going all the way in the club championship this year 100% whoever comes out of that will is going to back themselves to, to go all the way Glenn uh, have been coming for a long time they, they got the secret sauce with Conor Glass coming home and Maliki O'Rourke taking over which has sort of put all their promise and the prospects of their savage underage teams over the last couple of years together and they've now won a couple of Derry championships came very close to beating Kilku 
if I'm not mistaken, last year where they brought the extra time, Rikaku win by a point or two. So um, this is going to be a really, really good game and uh, really looking forward to having a look at who comes out on the other side. Well, look, you're living in Munster at the moment and yeah. I think many people probably thought Clomel commercials after their quarterfinal victory were going to go back to another provincial final. Um, what a result for Newcastle West. I know OTBM were chatting to some of the lads from the club uh, earlier this week, but what a, a boost for Limerick football and what an achievement by Newcastle West to dump Clomel out. Yeah, the lads that Ian Corbett on yesterday and, and Newcastle West also have Keane Jean who was an all-star nominee too this year. So uh, an impressive side when they got going. But like, they, and, and they will have it from the last time, interesting, listen to Ian Corbett, the last time they played Clonmel, they were up and Clonmel came back and bet them and went on to win a Munster final that year, scoring a late goal against Nemo. So um, an unbelievable story because I would have had Clonmel commercials very high up in my power rankings if they had made it through. Um, very impressive outfit with the Kennedys, Quinlevin, Lonergan, um, a number of uh, quality intercounty players, Kevin Fahey as well, and Newcastle West did enough to hold them off. It's going to be an interesting final with Cairns O'Reilly, you know, because Cairns O'Reilly have obviously had a funny year. They didn't win a game in the in the Kerry County Championships and they come through and they win the club championship. Um, they have a couple of lads flying back from Dubai, Jack Savage and Cormac Coffey, Gavin O'Brien's in New York. So, they just about held off Airog on the other side of the draw. I know Airog will probably be kicking themselves. They, they missed a couple of chances late on. They didn't take advantage of David Moore's red card. So Newcastle West must be backing themselves to give that Munster final a good rattle as well. Yeah, no, definitely. As well, do you see the just sheer box officeness of David Clifford at the weekend, where you've got oh, yeah. a Munster Club Junior Football Championship game selling out? And no doubt, I'd say that's probably down to a lot of neutrals who were going to watch Clifford and the boys. Definitely, and it was class to see that email coming in on Saturday morning. I'm not often a man for checking Williams at the weekend, but that popped up, and you're just looking, you're like, this is actually class, junior football. Um, it just shows when the players are kind of profiled, and obviously he's just different gravy um, on, a, on a different scale, but like, there is quality club games happening around the country, all around the country, in every in every spot. Like So people will go to watch games, they will go to watch quality, they will turn up to see the best players playing, so... Um, I think that was a good shot in the arm for junior championships all around the country because there is very good footballers playing junior football. Yeah, look, Clifford again is a man who could probably do with a break with the amount of football he's played this year. He's going to miss the carry, missing the carry yeah. holiday now. But look, that's it. If he wants Foster to do well, he's going to have to stay around. One hundred percent. And uh, yeah, like you know, and they didn't even do damage on the scoreboard this weekend. It was, it was the two O'Shea brothers who did the damage this weekend for Foster. So yeah, there. Look at. He's not going to pack it in now at this stage of the year um, on the club when they've been in such a good uh, good run and he's had such a good year across the board. So um, they lost the some final. Is that the only mark on his card this year? I think David so. He, he lost the final. Did he win McGrath Cup? Clean sweep everywhere else. National League title. Munster, All-Ireland. Lost the Sigerson final. Uh, won with East Kerry. Divisional Cup. Championship. He's got the junior championship. So yeah, there you go. He's not going to walk away from a monster final. No, it's not bad. Um, what a year it'll be. I think he'll have played 40-odd games by the end of the season. But yeah. look, again, I think as his manager said at the weekend, in many ways, it's the dream if you're a player, if you are playing that regularly, because you're not going to be putting in big blocks of training. Like Realistically, if you're playing that many games week on week, you're going to play a game, it's recovery, it's a game. Which I'd say as a player, Tommy, is probably far more enjoyable than long blocks of training and waiting for games. Yeah, that's all anyone wants with is just to play football. And when you're in the groove and you've got that bit of momentum and you're having games back to back, it's brilliant. Like, um, remember Lockmore Castellani and their run that they had last year and they were 
going football hurling, football hurling week on week for maybe 16, 17, 18 weeks. And all they do is maybe 20 minutes of football during the week and maybe 40 minutes of hurling and they just split it up once a week. One game, one training, two games. It's a good ratio. Mm. We'll have Niall Mitchell with us in a moment. Um, just to touch on that uh, final this coming weekend, uh, Chemical Croaks, again, we'll look at your power rankings and see how high you have them, but mm-hmm. I was incredibly impressed with the control that they showed the last day. Both games were on TV at Crow Park in the semi-finals a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. And they blew Poranton out of the water. Poranton team who put in two or three points in the year before, pushed them all the way, had to wait until the 47th minute to register a score from play. Shane Walsh, I think, had a bit of an illness, so they were able to take him off with 15 minutes to go. No Paul Man because of his injury and yet Croaks exerted complete dominance over that game yeah yeah um, did you expect it to be as a big a margin in the end given given you know how Port Arndt got on last year and the way Croaks generally just do enough like even in the Dublin Club Championship they squeak out results they win by a couple of points they never really blow teams away that was a bit of a surprise wasn't it I think it was um, I think there was a feeling in Port Arndt that maybe they were coming towards an end of a cycle after their three in a row in the Leash Championship uh, probably didn't help in a way that Martin Murphy their manager had already decided that he was going to be stepping away because he's going in to work with the Offaly management team for mm-hmm. next season so that was known before they went out in the provincial and then the feeling was they played really well against their neighbours O'Dempsey's in the Leash final and you're thinking this is the level Port Arndt can get to and if they're at that level they're going to give the provincial run a really good go and then they stuttered a little bit in Wexford in their first round in Leinster played quite well against Palatine so it was difficult to actually get any kind of read on their form going into the Chemical Croaks game but definitely you thought that with Port Arrington being very difficult to break down I expected that game to be much more of an arm wrestle and to be a lot closer than it was now I know Chemical kicked on a few points at the end which maybe glossed the scoreboard a little bit but that doesn't take away from the fact at all that Tommy they were by far the dominant team the other game was a little bit more mental and we'll talk to Niall about it in a moment between Mm. Uh, the Downs and Rathout where I felt like the Downs had that game won two or three different times and then just before half time Rathout get a scoring spree to get the game back level and then even in the second yeah. half after Mitchell's own, his goal you're thinking the Downs are home and hosed and even with five or six minutes to go they look really comfortable they got the second yellow card which meant they went a man short and the next thing there was a huge comeback from the Mead champions and in a way maybe the Downs were a little bit relieved to actually hold on at the full time whistle Definitely. I think uh, Mead, uh, Mead, Retote, the Mead champions missed a couple of frees late on. And now there were a couple of tough tough frees, especially for Jack Flynn. There was one I think he hit the post as well. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you just, you just when, when you're a couple of points down and you have the momentum and you've kicked a couple, McGowan kicked a couple of points, kicked a mark and a couple of points from playing McMahon, kicked a big point. You just need those frees to go over. And I think if Retote had brought the downs to extra time, it would have been very interesting to see what would have happened there because they were two very, very evenly matched teams. It was a cracking game of football. The pace was sensational. I think the downs were, on balance, the downs were the better side. Like they had the better first half, the majority of the second half, um, brilliant goal. They could have had another goal as well. So, um, yeah, I, and I think Larwald probably older tote one as well. Do you remember that county final a couple of years ago when Gail Column kills and Mead? It was one of the COVID championship finals that were on TV. Gail Column kills are chasing their first senior title in. Could have been forever. Could have been a long time. I'm not sure how long it was, but um, they've been knocking on the door for a while. And Joey Wallace slides in at the back post and punches in a goal for a tote in the rain in Navin, and they won that day. So um, I think. Yeah, that one was coming maybe for Larwald to get one over on the tote. Mm, well, look, Niall Mitchell is with us now. Niall, how are you getting on? 
Hi, well, how are things? Hi, guys, how are you? Uh, we're just chatting hey, there. I guess relief, probably at the full-time whistle, a bit of history made for the club as well. Niall, you've been waiting since 2006 to get your hands on a Westmead title. 50 years to get back into a Leinster Club Senior Football Championship final for what's going to be your second decider now for the Downs. But when you got off the field at the end of that Rathok game, was it a bit of relief that that late lead hadn't slipped? Yeah, pure relief, to be honest. Um Maybe a mixture of probably a couple of things, uh, letting Rato back into it, a uh, touch of complacency. The, the send it off definitely didn't help because I think they pushed their keeper out. Um, and obviously they had the extra man as well. So they kind of had us outnumbered around the middle and they pushed up on our full forward line. We simply just couldn't win a kick out. And the pressure was unreal. So, um, yeah, pure relief, I suppose, you know, to get over the line. Um, as mentioned there I thought you know probably over the 60 minutes we were the better side but you know that doesn't always happen where the better team wins so you know I also mentioned there you know although we had nothing to do with that game that Kells versus Rattle game like personally it was in the back of my head like this isn't going to happen to our manager again like you know the same team not going to lie at the end of the game that was in the back of my head so um yeah, look, I think four minutes is added on. We think we did very well with, with regards to four minutes added on. I think 60th minute, they got it back to the level game. So it was four minutes. Looking up at the at the scoreboard, there was four minutes left and it was a draw game. Uh, and us not being able to win a ball, it was quite nerve-wracking. But I think some of the guys there, especially the subs there, won one or two important balls. We got up the field and I suppose we killed it a bit. Uh, won a free, I think. Won a couple of frees. Uh, a ball went for Hawkeye as well. So we kind of just, you know, were delighted that the clock was ticking, ticking, ticking down and just, you know, finally we got over the line. So that last free as well went wide and we had a fair idea that, that ball had to go over the bar or, or that was it. And once you've seen it, you know, go, go across the goals and wide, we were just delighted. You could see, obviously, from the from the TV footage and that how what it meant to us at the end when that they go wide, you know. Niall, what's been the key? Because in many ways you've been the common team in Westmead for quite some time with a succession of minor and under-21 teams which you were involved in that got over the line in county finals. But to actually get to the top of the mountain in Westmead this year, what's the difference been or has this just been yeah. a maturity of the team? There's a probably a, a, a number of things. Definitely maturity of the team is, you know, probably... The number one thing I think you know when you come out of underage, uh, you know the first thing you probably expect is okay, we're going to go on and we're going to win a senior straight away. And it just doesn't happen like that. You've seen Lowman's there for for a couple of years as well. They lost a good few championships as well, like Gary Castle and that when they were coming from underage. So you don't just win these championships straight away. Where, you know when you're nineteen, twenty, it takes to your probably twenty three, twenty four, twenty five to really I don't know get to know how to win these you know tough games like the game we did win in the county final. So I definitely say majority is one. You know, our, our panel now is uh, around average age, around 23, 24, 25. So we're in a good position age-wise. Um, with regards to the Westmead Championship, I think, you know, every game we go into, maybe previously, we've always, I suppose, you know, targeted key men. And I suppose maybe have concentrated too much in the opposition. Uh, while this year... Um, like nearly every club, I suppose, throughout, throughout the country, you know, does video analysis. But it, it's amazing that we have not done one minute of video analysis of, as, as a group, as players, we have not done one minute of video analysis of any team this year. And that's no different for the weekend. We haven't sat down as a group and, and looked at their key matter. Obviously, the management do that and the, the hours they put in is, is ridiculous, the work they put in. But they filter that information down to us and I suppose the men that's marking their, their key men. So I think we've just concentrated on ourselves, um, concentrate on our own strengths rather than 
you know, the opposition strength. Um, skill was probably never an issue and speed in that in the downs. Maybe it was just confidence and, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, us concentrating ourselves probably, you know, gave us an extra bit of confidence as well. Um, and, like, I suppose the Leinster Championship, like, you know, we kind of just took it game by game. Um, we prepared so well for the first day against RD, like, prepared as good as, as, as for the quarter, quarterfinal of Leinster than any other game, I think, nearly this year. Um, and we got a serious performance and we were, you know, the better side that day by a long bit, um, a, a good bit. So um, we just take, we took huge confidence from that going into Rathout and Coe Park. And look, we were, I suppose, I thought we were the better team, as I mentioned, over the 65 minutes. Um, and that leads us into this weekend where we're looking forward to the challenge ahead again, you know. Your joint captain, Luke Lachlan, said after the win against Rathout, he was nearly sick of doing interviews over the past <laughs> while because people are becoming so familiar with his story now at this stage. But he keeps grabbing the headlines for the right reasons. I mean, his Westmead form was excellent during the year in the Talton Cup. He's carried that form after he got over his injury at the start of the club season, had to play very well for you. And I thought he took his points very, very well at Crow Park the last day as well. He's writing his own headlines here now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, to be honest, it's uh, exactly what you said. He's right. He's writing the headlines for uh, his performances on the field. And to be honest, he he knows himself. There's more in him again. There's definitely more in Luke Lockton. Uh, it's crazy to say that he scored five points in the in the last four really important championship games for us in the Downs. Uh, a lot of which are from play, but he knows there's more. There's more in him again, and there's probably going to be more expected from him this week again uh, as the challenge gets graver. But um, yeah, everyone's obviously very aware of his, his story, his, his upbringing now at this stage, and I suppose for him to bounce back so quick from them uh, setbacks he's had is it, very impressive. And you know, as mentioned before, we're very proud of him, and we're just, we, you know, um, off the field he's a great lad, and now you know. Well, on the field, obviously, he was he was always an excellent footballer, and and off the field, you know, he's he's really turned his life around as well. So we're delighted for him, and obviously, he's a you know he's a pivotal player in our team. We're going to need him at uh, at full strength and full form at the weekend for for us to compete. You know, Noel, um, would you mind if we went back to the Crow Park factor and getting to play there at the weekend? As a club, I'm sure for a lot of lads, it may have been their first time playing in Crow Park. Um, I'm not sure how many of them, but how much of an impact does that have playing under lights, the buzz, getting the club up, all the parish up the road? Um, it, it was a great setting for it. Um, and now you're going into the for final. Like, did, did, does it make that much of an impact? Does it make that much of an impact? I suppose only every player themselves know the impact it has on them. You know, we're looking around now, to be honest, I didn't think it really fair as much of us. Um, and I don't really think it's going to matter really this weekend again. Um, the game has changed from uh, the second game now, so it's going to be under lights again. So it's probably similar conditions to the last day, hopefully not obviously as, as wet and, and as rainy as the last day. But um, look, I, I don't really think... It, it, I think everyone managed fairly well. A lot of our younger lads stepped up well. Uh, a lot of the lads that played in Crow Park had good games. You know, that previously played in Crow Park had, had good games. To be honest, I don't really think... Uh, it affects us too much. Um, look, it's a very special place to play. Um, as you mentioned, a lot of the guys wouldn't have played there before, but you know, we're hoping that you know we bring a similar attitude this weekend. And I, I don't really think the, the pitch or the lights or the crowd really matters that much. Um, so yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Um, it's it's obviously moving season. Uh, in terms of managers for, for clubs that aren't involved in the latter stages of the provincial championships, you guys have made a habit of getting 
good managers over the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. you had Jono involved before, and you've had Lara Wall in now. When do you know? When do you know that it's going to click with the manager? Like, uh, can you give us any insight into when you knew it was going to work with Lara Wall? Um, well, to be honest, like uh, we've had, yeah, we've had some obviously good managers that come that come in from you know external clubs, external counties. Obviously, John Mahoney, as mentioned, and Lara Wall. We also had Stephen Cleary there, who's a Downs man, would have won a couple of championships with the Downs. He was with us and had a lot of success with underage. Was with us for a number of years as well. He was our manager last year. Um, and very unlucky not to get success with us. We've been getting this. This year was our fifth semi-final in a row, and um, we got over towards past this year. Obviously, created history, getting to the final for the first time since 2005. I, I don't really know. I can't really pinpoint. You know, I suppose what Lauer has brought or if it is Lauer really that has brought you know the success mm. you know the team itself has a has got that year wiser our panel this year is a, <clears throat> we have everyone nearly available available to us bar maybe one player went to Australia this year Conor Murray was a huge loss probably a loss we didn't think we'd be able to, to do it out at the start of the year but I suppose a lot, a couple of new players have stood up this year, the likes of Aina Burke, um, and our and our bench has gotten awful stronger, and they've probably pushed themselves on this year, knowing there was a new manager from outside the county, and that it's a clean, it, you know, it's a clean slate. So, I think maybe uh, when a new manager comes in, you know, um, it's a new opportunity for players that probably wouldn't have got game time previously, or if there's an internal manager, maybe they might have, you know. Um, you know they might nearly have the yeah. team picked maybe before they're, they're in but um, yeah it's just I, as I mentioned La really concentrates on maybe the opposition himself and he just leaves us to do the football and express ourselves on the field that's the one thing that I, I can take from Lara Wall this year um, when I came back in from 10 County Hurling uh, I did notice a kind of a different attitude maybe the other years I thought that the, the team was more settled without their county players. We went unbeaten in the league this year uh, and won the league, I think, for the first time in a good while as well. So okay. there was, I suppose, a different type of form there as well. The first couple of games, he, he left off a lot of us, uh, maybe myself and Dara, the two county hurlers, and left off one or two of the county footballers and we were still able to you know, compete well and win the league. So they were in a better position, I suppose, when we came back in. Um so yeah, I think maybe this year as well, like myself, Dara had a couple, an extra month or two as well with the fifth season as well to concentrate on the football too once we came back with, with the footballers going well in the Talton Cup. So I think personally, I'm, uh, I can speak for myself that that has probably resulted in better form myself as well. So. Okay. Unbeaten for the year, uh, having come through <clears> the front door in the championship in Westmeath on the back of win the league, unbeaten in Leinster so far. Um, just one final one for you, Niall. What's this weekend going to mean for the club? Like we said, the outset, you know, 17 seasons, you had to wait to get a Westmeath title again. You lifted the Flanagan Cup and got that bit done. To now be going back to a Leinster final for the first time, in probably the memory of anyone in the club who might have been around in 1972, this is a massive occasion for the area this weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge occasion. To be honest, um Lara is kind of uh, it's kind of unusual because it's it is a huge weekend. But I know and I know everyone is really anticipated for it. They're really excited. Having chatted to a couple of people, but we've kind of been you know sheltered away. We kind of were the buzz and stuff like that. We're not seeing too much of it. We train obviously on our particular nights, but um, 
we've kind of just been doing our own thing to be honest and we you know we haven't seen too much excitement if you know what I mean while maybe in other teams I was involved in you know there's something clearly going on every night and people are coming in and there's you know nights with supporters and stuff like that as well so yeah there's huge excitement there massive you know it's a massive day for the club as it is for Kimball Crooks um, I know we're going to have a, a great following there the Downs is a a relatively big club. There's a huge amount of underage there, so we're hoping that literally everyone will be up there. I'm sure they will be in Cole Park on Sunday. Uh, we hope that, you know, I suppose, the Westmead, the general Westmead supporters and, you know, other clubs will get behind us. So, yeah, look, we're really looking forward to the occasion. Like, we know it's a huge battle ahead of us. We are confident. We know that if we bring a great performance, a good performance, we won't be too far away. But, um, yeah, it's huge for the club, as you said, 50 years. It's actually 50 years since our last Leinster, Leinster final. Um, that was against Dublin opposition, and unfortunately, um, they were bet on the day. So we're hoping that we can rewrite history and, you know, uh, create some of our own, you know. Yeah, we'll see if you can go closer than the uh, Class of 72 against Vincent. Niall, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks, guys. All the best. Huge weekend for Kilmacook Crokes, as Niall mentioned there as well. They're going to try and potentially win a Leinster club double because they're going to be in the hurling final as well. Um, Oshin O'Rourke, who was their top scorer in the win against St Mullins last weekend, has been speaking to Oshin Langan, who also caught up with Owen Cody. Here's what both had to say to Oshin ahead of the final. Co Park, no matter what time of year you're playing, Co Park is like a summer's game. It's, it's mad, really, how it is, but yeah, it is. It's just how well the sod is kept and just the whole environment of Crokers. It's always. It's always a quick game. It's always a lot of space, a lot of scoring. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. Um, um, yeah, it could be a very intense game. Uh, probably very likely. Um, because we know what Kilmacoda will bring back there. Um, when they're obviously they're hungry. They're young. They have never. I don't think I saw them play one of the players last night. They've never been in the Leinster final four. That this group hasn't. So they're all very, very hungry, and like, they're there to make history. And um, we're in their way, so they're going to come at us with everything, and we're going to go at them with everything as well. Probably one of the best teams now played the game in recent years, so um, massive challenge. But look, one we're really looking forward to, and um, yeah, it's just going to be. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be tactical battle. Um, but look, we'll hope we'll train tonight, and we'll see what areas we can look at to try uh, get at Valley Hill and uh, what a. Uh, what many strengths they have and what many strengths we'll have to try and uh, negate against them on Sunday as well. And just before I let you go, it's Kilmacud Crooks on the double. Um, it, it's been changed a bit so Brian uh, Sheehy can play in the hurling and then be part of the football squad. He's the only dual player. Were you, were you glad for Brian because he's such, a, he's such a big part of what both squads, but obviously he would play more hurling. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's good. Uh, overall, I think it was just common sense prevailed probably. Um wouldn't have been ideal now to be playing maybe or talking in the football and even coming on for a bit warming up and then having to come in again and warm up again for the hurling. So I think, yeah, it's just common sense prevailed so that he'll play probably the, the full 60, hopefully, if he's if he's all right. And then if he's able to do, contribute then to the footballers after, I think it makes much more sense. So uh, I'm delighted for Brian and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that suits him most. Yeah, Tommy, it's not easy for Brian Chi in this situation where it was known from a while out that both of the Leinster finals were going to be on the same afternoon in Crow Park. It only becomes a factor, really, when you win the two semi-finals and qualify. So mm. uh, the talk kind of ramped up after the hurling game against St Mullins last weekend. Uh, but this works out nicely with the flip because generally he has played with the hurlers all of the games and has kind of been a bit of an impact sub for the footballers. So in theory, at least, he goes out, plays the hurling on Sunday afternoon, 
takes a break, bit of recovery, and then he's available as an option for the bench for the footballers in the second game. Yeah, I don't know how much recovery you can get in between, but yeah, no, hundred percent. Well, like it's look, it's an impossible situation, and it was good to see the finals moves and flip that it could possibly help in any way. Um, we've seen so many instances over the last couple of years where players have been left in the lurch with this, whether it's at um, you know, women's football, camogie, hurling, and, and football as well. It's 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 so difficult to to get right. Um, it's just not easy, like. Whatever we can do to make it easier to play dual, I think we should. I know there's a lot of debate at the minute about the Wexford system, whether that worked. And I think they're sticking with it one more year where they went hurling for a couple of weeks, football for a couple of weeks. But when you get to this stage and when two teams are, you know, getting to the latter stages, getting to finals and there's so few weeks in the year to play them, it's kind of hard to know what to do, you know. So I think they've done what they can and uh, best wishes to Brian Chee. Hopefully he gets um, to make an impact in both games. All right, let's get round to your power rankings for the okay. Ireland Club Football Championship. I'm going to give out Keen Johnson's ones first because he puts he put Go in loads of research, put this together. This is awfully footballer Keen Johnson who has given his uh, last eight, which might give away his predictions uh, for the finals this coming weekend. So in eighth place, he's got Newcastle West. So he's not expecting them to win the Munster final in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Torla Strand, big weekend for them. Uh, first final in 40 years for them. He reckons they're going to lose out in the Connacht final. He's got the Downs in sixth place, so he's expecting Kilmacud to beat the Downs. Uh, then he's got O'Reilly's in fifth place, so he expects Karen O'Reilly's to win the Munster Championship, but then be fifth best of the teams who are left in the Championship. Then he's got Moy Cullen of Galway just above them. Then we get into the top three contenders, which just goes to show how important this Ulster final is going to be in deciding who lifts the cup at the end of the year. He's got Glenn in third place, Kimiko Crooks in second, and the defending champions, Kilku, who are in first. So what changes are you making to your power rankings compared to Keane then? Well, the first change will, and I know I don't know if you're putting words in Keane's mouth there, but this isn't judged on who I think is going to make it through. This is judged on the best teams left in the All-Ireland Club Series. So... Um, Obviously, that factors in who's going to make it through. You've got a couple of provincial heavyweights that are very close together. I'm going to go back to front. Okay. Seven championships in a row in Sligo for Turles Strand. Right, they've been knocking on the door in Connacht for a couple of years. I think they fell short against Ballant Tubber one year. Kenny O'Connor edged Ballant Tubber over the line. Knockmore kicked a couple of late points to beat them a few years ago as well. They're into their Connacht final, but they're up against a very, very good Mike Cullen side. So... I'm not saying that the fairy tale can't happen for Turles Strand. I think there there is going to be a chance, but Mike Cullen are going to have to have to have an off day, and they're going to need to do you know something that they haven't done. You know, so Turles Strand number eight, Newcastle West with the likes of Corbett and Sheehan. They're after getting the back in there of beating Clonmel Commercials. They'll be backing themselves to be Karen's O'Reilly, who, as we mentioned earlier on, have had a sort of funny year, and it's, I don't know what the mindset is like when you're representing. The, the the province and you know you didn't win the the prestigious county championship now I know it's different in Kerry the way that they work it but it'll be interesting to see how that's going down in, in, in Strand Road like there were, I was listening to Radio Kerry to the Aero Oak Cairns Rally game and I, I was kind of struck by the fact that it's in Tralee and apparently the Aero Oak supporters had outnumbered the Cairns Rally supporters so oh. um, now that's what they were saying and maybe it's because red stands out more than blue and maybe they just wore their colours down from their old but that was certainly the vibe at the weekend so Newcastle West for me are seventh I struggled over the next one I have the Downs sixth but I feel like the Downs could be ahead of Cairns O'Reilly to be honest so I have the Downs in sixth place maybe I've been swayed a little bit by the fact by who I have number one but the Downs are a strong team very good team they've got um, an intercounty backbone there with the hurlers and the footballers I don't know where you'd have them Will but 
I think they'll 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 put it up to Chemical Crooks this weekend. Karen's Rally's fifth. It's got David Moran, it's got Tommy Walsh, you've Coffee and Savage, Gavin O'Brien as well, who made a big impact for Peter Keane back in twenty nineteen in the league. Very good team. Um but I think it's the next four who are uh, ahead above the rest. Mike Cullen, um have been very impressive. They won a very competitive Galway championship. Uh Don Connell is coaching them. They've been very well set up, very well coached. A couple of very good footballers on that side. They're number four. Number three, we've got Glenn, who are immediately going to go into number two if they win at the weekend, because number two is Kilku, the All-Ireland champions. I have Kilmico Croaks as the number one team in the country. They were beaten after time, after extra time last year by Kilku. We're not judging this on, you know, last year's form. We're judging on this year's form. They've added Shane Walsh to their ranks. Yes, they've lost Paul Mannion. I don't know if he'll be back in January. I would harbour guess that there's probably a chance that they'll get something out of him before this is over. They obviously struggled with, it, with him last year, but this year they've got Shane Walsh to pick up the pieces. Darren Mullen is in good form. Um, Craig Diaz in good form. Diaz is in savage form. Maria Carroll has been a rock so far this year. I do have Chemical Crooks ahead of Cuckoo for that reason. They've added that little bit, extra little bit, like Shane Walsh as if he's a little bit. So I had them number one, but that that clash between Glenn and Cuckoo is going to be a cracking final as well in Ulster. So um, I'm open for correction on, on my power ranking so far. No, I think, look, um, to take up your chemical point, because they're now your number one as things stand. Remember we were chatting to Shane Horn around about this time last year and he was just pointing out how it's helped them that O'Carroll wasn't in with the Dublin panel. He just left the mm. Offaly panel. Craig Diaz isn't involved with Dublin anymore. Uh, these guys are now able to focus for the entire year on Kilmacud. And these are all remarkably good players across the spine of they're inter-county footballers playing club football like yeah. exactly and then you sprinkle in Shane Walsh where in many ways he has probably mitigated the loss of Paul Mannion to injury this year a little bit like as you mentioned against Port Arlington they didn't really need him because the other players got them over the line without any real problems but to have Shane Walsh if he gets into a clutch situation in the game against the Downs at the weekend or an All-Ireland semi-final or final as you mentioned they were talking about Mannion being into the new year before he'd be able to do any recovery let's see if the third week in January comes around too quickly if they were to get to an All-Ireland final I think they're a very very solid group but then again even though Kilku have had to maybe escape with penalties already in the championship this year on Saturday they were very very good in the first half of that game and had it killed incredibly yeah. early if they come true against Glenn you might well have to reassess your power rankings 100% yeah it, it depends on form as well like like and you know you see it with with teams that nearly time it for the provincials um, and like the down county championship is competitive Kilku only edged through in a lot of those games. It wasn't just penalties that they needed. Like there was extra time in a couple of games. So they have that in them. They're such a good outfit. It's just it's hard to look past what Kilmacroke Crokes has added. And like the Bucky's have it as well. They're 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 short favourites. And that's probably because of the competitiveness of Ulster. That might change if Kilku get through the weekend, as you say. So do we do we have a breakdown of what way the semi finals are sitting this year? I had it earlier on. I don't know I can't remember what they are. Maybe Donnick will know when he joins us. But that obviously will make a difference as well, what way they're lining up. Yeah, I can uh, check out the final four bracket in a second because we're going to be talking to Donica about the yeah. hurling finals, including that uh, very interesting one between Ballygunner and Ballyea in a moment. Uh, let's hear from the Ballygunner camp then, the defending All-Ireland champions after winning the Tommy Moore for the first time last year. Uh, their top scorer, Park Manny, who was so key against Napiercy last time out, had this to say about their game against Ballyea this weekend. If you look back to when we played Ballyea in, 20, in 2018, like, you know, the, the game in Welsh Park for... 
you know, I suppose they had us, they had us bet there only for, I think Philip maybe went up the pitch and double on one there to bring us to extra time. And we obviously dug it out in extra time. And obviously I think they've improved even since then. Um, obviously, you know, we, we'd be, we'd be completely ignoring the game last year because when you look at the caliber of players that Valier were missing on that day, I don't think it's a, it was a true reflection on Valier or, um, the standard of, of, of an opposition that we're facing this weekend. So we're really just trying to, I suppose, find that balance now between uh, getting our own preparations right and, and focusing on ourselves and bringing our A game, but it's also obviously counteracting that with um, ensuring that we're putting the measures in place that we can try and nullify the, the, the Ballyhay attacking force that they have. Donica Boyle of the Irish Independent is with us now. Donica, how are you getting on? How are you, Will? How are things? I'm good. We're looking forward to this game on Saturday afternoon um, at Temple Stadium. 3.15 starts is on TG Carr for those who aren't able to make it to Thurless. On the face of it, Ballygunner were comfortable winners the last time they met against Ballier. But as Pork Mahoney was warning there when Tony Kelly was around the last time that they met and maybe before Ballygunner kicked on a different level, Ballier gave them a right good rattle a few years ago. Yeah, um, that's the kind of the question this weekend. Are we going to get a version of the 2021 game, which I covered and was 17 points in the end and probably you could say Ballygunner were worth every bit of it or it would be more like the, the 2018 game which went to extra time and, and was three points in the end. Um, that Going back to that 2021 game, you know, Tony Kelly was missing, Garage O'Connell was missing. Um, I actually covered Ballier when they beat uh, the Bars in the last round and, you know, Tony Kelly made the point afterwards and said, look, we're a lot more like 2016 team now than they were last time around. But, at the same time, you'd have to feel that Ballygunner are really gone on to a different level. They've won their Ireland since. They've been ruthless for a long, long time. Um, the club itself is in root health. I, they have them down. They were in a senior and intermediate in the junior A final in in, uh, in Waterford this year. They've been very strong at underage grades as well. So yeah, they, they just seem to be on a bit on a ferocious roll at the minute, and they have serious momentum that. I think you would have to say that Ballier will have to be near perfect uh, to beat them this weekend. Yeah, look, Ballygunner showed no ring rust whatsoever despite the couple of months off in their first round game against Kilrowan. And then the last day, the second half performance, like, to keep the Limerick champions down to four points in the second half, probably as complete a 30 minutes as we've seen from Ballygunner in recent years in the second half of that semi-final. They are coming into this with a right bit of steam behind them going into the final. Yeah, and, and the graph is trending upwards for them still. You know, a lot of teams, like like they, they were chasing the Munster title for a long time and, you know, didn't have a wonderful record in Munster for the return in, in, in Waterford. And then you maybe you'd be thinking when they finally got over the line and did it so dramatically with that Harry Ruddle goal and, and did it by beating Ballyhill, which obviously had a benchmark for everyone. To be forgiven if they took a breath and, you know, maybe just took their eye off the ball a little bit, but they haven't done it. And as you say, that second half, I wouldn't be surprised if, if people around Ballygunner think that's as good a uh, half of Ireland that they've put together in the on this nine-year uh, run there on uh, in Waterford. I, I I'd be amazed if that wasn't their, their best thirty yeah. minutes that they put together. So um, look, there uh, that 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 doesn't make for good reading for Ballyhay. But again, going back to what Tony Kelly was saying after the game, he made the point. He said, "Look, this time of year, the weather, the conditions." You know, it always levels the playing field a little bit. So, look, they'll be going in and giving themselves a proper, and they're they're a proper team too. Like, you know, they've they've won Clare, I think, four of the last seven seasons, and they've been around and they've been to Pro Park, and they 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 know what it's about. So, um, but you 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 the smart money you would have to say is on Ballygunner. Yeah, Donica, I think I have you, Tommy here. I think we were both in um, 
Ennis last year for that game. And it wasn't just the Tony Kelly factor. The physicality of Ballygunner and the ferocity of their tackling, it just looked like they were operating on a different level. And that was obviously before they got over the line. So it's, it's frightening to hear that you think that their form, their, that half against Napierce is possibly even better. Like we were looking at power ranking the, the club champions at the minute. It's hard to get a read in Kilku's form. They're obviously, they're growing and they're getting into it. But Ballygunner, it just, it sounds awesome at the minute. Yeah, yeah, they do. And um, if memory serves, I don't think Ballier scored from play until the 50th minute that day, Tommy. Um, right, so, yeah. you know, that's... Uh, and even watching that day, I was just watching two teams who were operating on different levels. You know, Ballygunner are very, very slick and, and fast. Everything they did was, like, razor sharp. Um, Ballier not just working at that level. And, like, you know, there were 17 points, as, in, as I said. And, you know, Tony Kelly is absolutely wonderful leads box office in every way but it seems like an awful ass to let him to try and get him and the w- one or two other lads they're back as well try and get him to drag up the level now he was quite confident said listen we're stronger than where we are you know we'll have learned lessons from that and you know he, he, he's capable of pretty much anything um, so if, if they are to have one thing they'll have to figure out was the last day Tommy the kind of split the, the place ball thing between Niall DC and Tony yes. mm-hmm. and you know it, it it's, it's never a good luck for anyone, like be it whichever free taker, which one you're kind of, well, I had this or will you hit that? And, you know, the, the, on, on the other side, I think it was Ben Cunningham for the barge hit almost everything that came his way. Of course, for that last effort, it just fell right from the 65 and, and, and the last day. So they need yeah. to figure that out in the interim um, to try and uh, just, they'll have to take pretty much everything that comes their way and, and hope that they maybe get a break or two along the way because, like, as I say, that Ballygunner second half against a team like Napierce as well, like who've been around the block who have loads of established hurlers who have done really well as a in in club championship in the past. You know there, there was that second half was uh, Will's had four points in the second half. Like that's that's remarkable. Yeah, it's very, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to separate Ballyhale and Ballygunner at the moment, which is why I think people are dreaming about the potential showdown in the All-Ireland Series. We know now that St. Thomas will be uh, representing Galway after their one-point win mm-hmm. against uh, Loch Ray as well. But, I mean, do you kind of have a handle on it now at the moment, Dunnake? Like The difficult thing that's going to happen for all these teams after the provincial finals this weekend, they've got an All-Ireland semi-final which comes around pretty quickly in a couple yeah. of weeks' time. And then they've got effectively a month to bridge to the All-Ireland final after that. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's probably the two All Ireland finalists. Like they'll be delighted to be in an Ireland final, but their Christmas will will look very different than what it might have looked um, if they weren't. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tricky one, you know. When it comes, probably comes back to the calendar, and I think everyone in the ideal world would have everything wrapped off, and boxed nice and neatly before Christmas. But you know, that's that's a work in progress at the minute. The calendar, you know, and there's probably more change in the medium term, I would say, in terms of what's going to be played when and where. Um, but as far as that's concerned, like, to be honest, I just think, Tomas O'Shea made this point recently, I think we just have too many competitions that we're trying to squeeze in. And I think if you're going to try and maintain everything, you're going to have to take the rough with the smooth. So it's going to mean Sigerson and Fitzgibbon around the National League. And it's going to mean things like maybe the All-Ireland Club Series being played after Christmas. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have to make some fairly dramatic cuts that will annoy somebody else somewhere along the line as well. So, you know, there's always unintended consequences to these things. Um, you know, at the laugh last year when was it Armand Galway went to penalties and people were saying afterwards it was, you know, that's 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 no way to decide a game. This, you know, these players have been training all year. That decision would be made like eight months previous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, that's that was the time to think about the what, what might happen in terms of championship games being decided. So um 
look, we're, we're the calendar thing is, I, I actually think it's something that will never be fixed. I do not think it will ever be fixed. I think you would have to get rid of competitions to give everything the breathing space that everyone thinks their competition deserves. And that just does, there is not enough weekends in the year for that. Donica, one other provincial hurling final this weekend, which is the Ulster decider and Slough Neil, disappointment for their Camogie team uh, last week. Their footballers lost out to Glen in the Derry Championship. So um, everything's in the basket of hurling now for them as they look to defend their provincial title. Very impressive against... Um, it was lucky. It was lucky. Port Ferry last time out won by double digits. They've got Dunloy this year in the final. Uh, the Antrim champions who've uh, come through. That's a one thirty start on Sunday. Are we expecting Slough Neil to win the championship again this year? That certainly seems to be the feeling. Like they've had the sign over Dunloy. I think it's three times in a row they've played uh, in the last few years in the Ulster Championship, and and Slough Neil have won each time. And judging by people who are for what they were saying or more familiar with the club hurling scene. What they did to Port Ferry in that game was was quite awesome, and I suppose it's important to note, as you mentioned there, that they were put out of the football after the final stage, so they're not double jobbing at this time of year, which they have done an awful lot in the past recently. Yeah. So you've had since they were beaten in the county final, and, and Brendan Rogers was talking about this beaten in the county final. They took a day and then they went back hurling on the Tuesday night. So they've, um, you know, they've, they've had only had one code to concentrate on. And Chrissy McKay was saying during the week, like that helps. You know, they. Over the course of the year, he was making the point that they lose versus other teams who are chasing Ulster and All Ireland honours. They lose hours and hours of hurling time over the course of the year because they're also playing football at a very high level. So that will absolutely help them and bring them on. Um, like Dunloy have won four in a row in Antrim, but they haven't played for um, they haven't played since the 16th of October. Right. A competitive game that was when they when they won the Antrim Championship. So. We've seen a few bits and pieces of team club teams coming off a long break, and it's always hard to do uh, something like that. Um, so yeah, you look, you, 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 the signs will be pointing at Slough Neil. Like they've some people probably maybe be more familiar with Chrissy McCaig as a footballer, and maybe Brendan Rogers, who I mentioned as a footballer, and Shane McGuigan, brilliant hurler. Uh, Shane, yeah, they're, they're, they are they're a genuinely brilliant hurlers, and um, I, I I saw Brendan Rogers, Rogers score an absolutely brilliant goal in Newry a couple of years ago. Uh, in an Ireland club semi-final against Ballyhale, so they're they're they're, they're proper hurlers, and like you know, their results against the likes of Ballyhale who've played and the likes of Ballygunner. I think you're talking four or five points mm-hmm. to meet them. So they're a proper outfit by any stand. Like people, maybe sometimes there's still little sort of patronising comments about Ulster hurling. I think like Slough Neil have put that to bed over the last couple of years. They're a proper proper team, um, and I think if they come out of it as expected. Um, they have. I think they're on the St Thomas's side of the draw. I heard just talking about the draw earlier. Mm. The, yeah. the hurling draw has St Thomas's and and the Ulster champions. So, um, you know, both of those teams be looking at that's a real chance to get back to an All Ireland final. The Ulster, the Ulster, whoever wins the Ulster championship and and uh, St Thomas's like that's a proper thing. And the other side of the draw, if it goes to form and everything we expect, um, could see uh, Ballygunner and Ballyhale in an All Ireland semi final if they win their respective games. So, um, you know, it, it's 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 coming together nicely for a, a, an epic uh, finish to this championship. Yeah, I would definitely take that as a semi-final in the middle of the month. Donica, thanks mm. a million as always. Thanks very much, lads. 
Uh, just enough time to uh, tell you about the fixtures which we have this coming weekend. We'll start with the hurling games uh, in the provincial finals this coming weekend. Starting with Saturday, uh, you've got the Munster decider between Ballier and Ballygunner. That game is a 3.15 start. It's on TG Carr at Semple Stadium. Then on Sunday, we've got the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship final, which is now at a new throw-in time of half past two. Uh, that game will be live on TG Carr as well, where Ballyhale Shamrocks will go up against Kimmico Croaks. And we've also got the Ulster Club Senior Hurling Championship decider which we just mentioned between Dunloy Cucullans of Antrim against Slockneil of Derry that's at the Athletic Grounds 1.30 on TG Carr's YouTube we've also got football finals this coming weekend across the provinces too uh, the Leinster Senior Football Championship final now a half four start this is on TG Carr the Downs against Chemical Croaks Chemical looking for that Leinster double and the Connacht Senior Football Championship final between Galway's Moy Cullen and Torlestran of Sligo is an early start on TG Carr that is the 12.45 game so um, Tommy, if you can't make it to Pierce Stadium or can't make it to any of those games at the weekend, there's a nice little collection of them across the TV. You're not going to miss these games this weekend. There's a cracking weekend of coverage. Thank God there's no more 10 a.m. games in the World Cup as well because we'll be able to squeeze in a bit more uh, a bit more football. Do you know that the... Did you see the way that the um, the Hurling semi-finals, one of them is going to be on the same day as the World Cup final? Presumably that's going to be on a lot earlier than the World Cup final, was it? Uh, I'm not sure, but sure, look, we can't blame the GA calendar for that one. Well, there's only so many weekends to fit things in, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I think there's actually, there's a wedding, there's a wedding in St. Thomas's on the 17th, so you have to push that game to the 18th. So that's why. That's fair. I think it is. That's fair. I think yeah. that's the nightmare scenario. Your team is going well and you've got a wedding around it. So we were talking to uh, Katrina McConnell about that. It's uh, during the week. Oh, yeah, where she what a get story. The, the helicopter yeah. on the Sunday to get across, kick seven points and her club, her club gets to Crow Park to an All-Ireland final. So, um, yeah. Tommy, great to have you. Um, for anyone who hasn't caught it yet, the football pod, your last of the series was out this yeah. week. James Horn, your guest. 44, we've uh, we've had more episodes than David Clifford has had games this year on the football pod. And James Horn is our last guest. He sat down with us for an hour, uh, really interesting chat. We we covered a lot, and there's about 15 minutes on where it went wrong with Mayo. So there's a lot in it, a lot outside of that, the good and the bad with, with James Horner's time over the last 12 years. He's had a massive influence on Mayo football. So have a listen and uh, enjoy. And uh, Will, I'm enjoying all the coverage of the club championships, a couple of crack, cracking weekends ahead. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Tommy. Football Pod, you can check it out in the Football Pod stream wherever you get your podcasts or the OTBGA stream, which is also where you can uh, listen back if you've missed any of today's show. We'll be back on OTB social channels at half ten next Wednesday. The Club Championship Show here on OTB Sports, brought to you by IB. Speak to you next week. The Club Championship Show on OTB, in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest.